We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your host, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Aaron Judge is the 16th captain, question mark, of the New York Yankees, and I'm going to try and not cough through the microphone this entire episode as I'm getting over the flu. Scott, what's up? What's up, man? How you doing? I'm glad uh, we got some uh, we got some really good news today, actually. Aaron Judge being the captain before we recorded, which is amazing. It doesn't usually happen this way, but um, man, when I saw Jeter at that press conference, I was like, yes, something's happening. It's happening. And I kept, you know, of course, Jeter's going to be there for that. Um, but that's a good sign to me that Derek Jeter is going to be somewhat more involved with the organization. I, I would be surprised if we didn't see more of that um, with him coming up for something like this. So, yeah, well, for that's sure. Pretty, because pretty awesome. Because Jeter, even if um, Judge was going to be named captain and Jeter was still an exec with the Marlins, he's not showing up for, for the Judge press conference if he's still with the Marlins. And also, Jeter's not showing up if Judge isn't being named captain at this press conference. That's that's the thing. But even even him not being an executive at uh, in, in Florida and the Judge thing happening, mm-hmm. I don't know. He's just been distant. So th- it's just a good sign uh, that there's exactly. a lot of really good things happening with them. I, I have a feeling he's going to 
just my gut is telling me that he's going to take some kind of a, a role within the organization at some point. You know, whether, may, maybe it's not this year, but I'd say in the next, you know, within the next five years, he's part of the organization again in some capacity. Well, if they want to win another championship, then yeah, they better do that. Yeah, just get the blood in. <laughs> just, keep, just get the good, get the good juju, and 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 bring Jeter in. But no, it was pretty awesome. You could tell that the judge was super humbled, um, and uh, just interesting to hear how it went down with the, the conversation with with him and Hal, and a, a little bit more detail behind, you know that uh, that phone call that it was so late at night, and and that you know this was brought up at the end of it as well. So just really good insight into how the dynamic was of, of uh, that conversation. The reason I said question mark as to the 16th captain is because there is differing sources on how many captains of the Yankees there has been. We're going to repost the Brief History Captain episode that I did a couple of years ago that explains why there's a different information and why some guys are counted and not counted. Because for the longest time, the Yankees, even the Yankees' official website listed Jeter as the 11th captain in team history. Now, obviously, between Ju- Jeter and Judge, there's been no captains, and now they're saying Judge is the 16th captain, and there haven't been f- five extra captains in between. So I guess they're acknowledging different sources now. But definitely check out that episode, which we're going to repost again on Thursday uh, for, for all of the backstory there. But yeah, this is something that we, I mean... You've you've been saying we've been saying since they freaking installed the judges' chambers on the first road trip in 2017. That was it, man. Just slap the the metaphorical C on his chest at that point. You don't do that for someone you don't see being an eventual captain type of your your team. You know, I think we all wanted it to to play out perfectly where the Yankees win a championship, judge is on the championship team. And then he can have that championship pedigree and blah, 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 blah. And then that's how he's going to be named captain. But you sign him to a nine-year deal. Biggest, biggest annual value in position player uh, history. This, is, this had to happen. I didn't know if it was going to happen at this press conference or you know when spring training kicks off uh, next year. But I knew it was going to happen. Yeah, it seemed like it was inevitable. So, um, and uh, you know the the perfect story doesn't always have to doesn't always happen. Obviously, we all want it, but there have been plenty. I mean, we mentioned this, but Mattingly didn't win a title. Captain of the Yankees, gotta you gotta do it, especially when you sign that guy for for you know the duration of his uh, his his playing years. Uh, in theory, um, he's got to be that guy. I mean, he he has all the qualities uh, that that you have um, that you want in a captain. So I'm, I'm happy they did it. I'm happy they got got it out there. I think it was a good time to do it. And, and let's just go into the rest of the off season and, and into spring training with that being uh, defined. And, and, and I think it helps uh, everybody just kind of move forward. On the uh, on the the captaincy thing, uh, we were kind of talking about this before we recorded. Um, doesn't sound like this was a mandate from judge i don't think he would ever say you need to name me captain because like that kind of defeats the purpose of it right like you want you don't want to ask to be named captain you want the organization to name you captain it's certainly not in his it's not his mo like that that's not his style at all he's definitely more of a reserved guy that that does you know everything i know obviously none of us know aaron judge personally but the way that the way that we know him and the way that we um, have watched his career and the way that he's carried himself is that everything along the way he's wanted to earn. He's wanted to, you know, he's he's done with the performance on the field and off the field for the way he's carried himself. So yes, I I 
I don't think that he he uh, ever said anything. You know, if his agent maybe in the behind the scenes be like, hey, you know, if you guys are going to do it, maybe it'd be a good idea to do it now. Who knows? Like that that conversation could have been uh, dropped down. Um, but the, also the Yankees, like the Yankees knew it was going to happen. So why wait at this point? What's the, there's no precedent for, um, you know, what has to happen on the field. So why not do it right now? And they made the right decision. This was the right move. Exactly. Why wait? I agree. There's no point in waiting until next year or, or two years after that, once you sign into the nine-year deal. But it is interesting if you just do the comparison to Jeter, because Jeter signed his massive contract with the Yankees in 2001, and then they didn't name him captain until 2003. And some of the reasons that have been written over the years as to why they waited was because of some of the other veterans on the team um, that were still there with Jeter. That even though Jeter was, you know, an unofficial captain at that point, you also had guys like Paul O'Neill and David Cohn on the roster that also played an unofficial captain type in their own right. Um, everyone leads in different ways, and they had the Yankees of those eras had a, a mix of those different types of leaders. And, and now I guess you could say the same thing about this current Yankees team. If you look at the different leaders within the team being judge, I would say Rizzo has become a leader, even though he's been here for a short amount of time and his contract isn't that long. I think he's probably a leader in that clubhouse. Um, I guess Cole, Cole's like the, the pitching staff leader uh, from, from that sense. You, you kind of are, are shaking your head a little bit, you know, yeah, maybe Rodone will step into into that into that role. Who knows? Well, yeah, I mean, yes, you you you'd believe that Cole's that guy. You believe that Cole's that guy, but at the same time, uh, in the clubhouse, I think he is that guy. I'm not going to talk shit about him right now. There's no reason for that. There's no reason for the the, the Cole slander at this point in the off season. On the Aaron um, Judge captain slash Carlos Rodone signing episode, you don't want to talk a little shit about Garrett Cole. Come on, that's it's fine. It's fine. No, he. I'm sure he is. Uh, he he does command. <sighs> that respect on the inside of the clubhouse and and as he should he's he's a veteran guy but Rondone, who we're going to talk about a lot today is is a is a you know outspoken fiery like he's he's all of the above as well i think cole's a leader from a like a, a nerd pitching standpoint he he certainly is i mean he takes guys aside you see it all the time you see him to take the guys on the pitching staff aside and and constantly talking to them when it's not his day to, to pitch. So he he absolutely is. He's a he's a vocal leader inside. And he he leads by example, I think, also in the preparation and the and the things that he does to to that lead up to a a start as well. So his his work ethic, the the, the methodical nature, the way that he handles his business is certainly a um, you know, you can you can look at that and, and take some some really good uh really good things away from it. Who would you say, are there any other leaders? Because I think an underrated leader is Stan. Yeah, he's got that veteran presence. I think any veteran guy that, that, can, that can add a different level of um, experience and, and layer it in has that veteran. And Stan's more quiet, I guess, but he's just such an imposing figure. I think he's, a, I think he's kind of a mentor to judge as well, just because he was you know, kind of an Aaron Judge before Aaron Judge. You know, expectations. Uh, you know, similar in the way that they play. Um, so yeah, I think that he's certainly one of those guys. Um, and and then you know, just the catching position. Like you see those guys. And, and Higgy's a backup catcher, but I, I he's vocal inside. He's got a really good um, relationship with a lot of the guys inside there. I, I think that he's one of those quiet guys that is you know you don't think of as necessarily a leader, um, but he's got that vocal presence inside because he, he does have good relationships. And I think that's 
one of the key parts. You have to have good relationships with everybody or the majority of the team for you to be looked at as uh, a leader of sorts. So I think there's a number of guys that have those good relationships. Should the Yankees re-sign Brett Gardner for two reasons? One, they still need a left fielder. And number two, he could be another veteran leader in the clubhouse? No, they shouldn't. Are, are we? Are that was, we... I'm surprised it's taking this long, though, for, to, for that to come up, to be honest, for, for the Brett Gardner. Because we haven't heard much about him. You know, At some point, I guess we're just going to cheer that he's retired and, and will come back as a, uh, a Yankee in some way for some appreciation day or something like that. But, but yeah, that's... He just rode out into the sunset. Didn't really say much. Pop quiz. How many seasons has he not been on the Yankees? Um, two. One. Just one. It's just one. I was going to say one, but then you, I felt like you were trying to trick me. I was like, no, it's one. But, uh, but like, I couldn't remember if it was one or two. Um, it was a, it was a long 2022, I guess. Um, so one, another thing that I love about like today uh, baseball, New York baseball, like today, specifically Wednesday is like, you woke up to the news that the Mets signed Carlos Correa. And you're like, wait, what's, what's going on here? I thought Carlos Correa was a San Francisco giant. It's like, no, his medicals fell through Scott Boris and Steve Cohen were having my ties on the beach in Hawaii. Got a little drunk and Steve Cohen's like, fuck it. I'll spend another $300 million. He can play third base. And you're like, holy crap. Steve Cohen's going to spend a half a billion dollars on annual payroll for his team. His response is, who the heck cares? I'm worth $9 billion. It doesn't matter. Fans, please show up to the ballpark. So you got that going on. And then five hours later, you got the Yankees naming judge captain. It's just like, I don't know. It's a little like, not that this was planned, obviously, because this press conference was planned a while ago. And I don't think Steve Cohen was specifically trying to steal thunder from the Yankees press conference. But I kind of like the duality of it, right? Like, it's kind of fun. It, it, it's fine. You're like, you know, I just I can't hear anymore, and we've talked about the the dynamic between Yankees fans and Mets fans on the show before, and and how we both personally feel about this. Like I'm one that doesn't. If the Mets do well, great. Like I I hope they do. I hope they do well. I hope we you know meet in the World Series because that would be great for everybody. It'd be a fun series. But here's the narrative that I need to just that needs to end. I have some family members that are Mets fans as well, and um. I, I just can't hear them talk about the Mets in the same way that they that they have as like these this lovable team and all that. No, they are a group of assassins now. They are exactly the reason, all of the reasons why Mets fans hated the Yankees for such a long time for buying championships and doing all. This is exactly what they have become. Wait, but but put it on a multiplier because they're doing it at a much higher level than the Yankees really ever did because of the amount of money that's being spent and long term money too. So. They're not this little like lovable, like, oh, it's the Mets anymore. Like, no, they're a, a fucking juggernaut now with with all-stars almost at every position. And they're going out and and you know, paying more money for guys than other teams are doing and and taking calculated risks, I guess, with injuries that have popped up for for long-term deals, like a guy with like Correa. Um, but they're no longer this this little this this sidebar of a team. Like they 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 have a ton of high-level players over on that right now, and they and they purchased every single one of them. I mean, they're damn near an all-star team when you yeah. look up and down the roster and just the high-profile talent, not just like obviously the expensive talent, but just 
the high profile talent on that team is out of yeah. control. So they're, that's great. So just like as long as that's understood between the yeah. two fan bases here, like, as long as we're not playing this card of like, oh, we're we're the Mets, like oh, you guys are the big bad. Yeah, no, 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 no. That that is that is gone. You know that that was a narrative for a while with Red Sox fans and Yankees fans for a while too. But then the Red Sox came up and met. And but see, met that them. was always bullshit too because it was always bullshit. But at the same because time, because yes, was the a, Yankees, it was a point. It was I used to get into so many arguments and with, it was with it buddies was, of mine. It was a no-win argument as a Yankees fan because the Yankees always spent the most money. It didn't matter if the Red Sox were the number two money and it was only a few million dollars less. The Yankees were always spending more so that no matter what, they could always say that. But now the Mets are spending $100 million more than the next highest team. And they're paying $100 million plus in tax money. Okay, And Steve Cohn's response to it is, who the heck cares? If you're going to make the move, make the move. I can't help but respect that. That is the exact statement Steve Cohen should be saying in that instance. He's not shying away from it. He's owning up to it. Yeah, this is what I want to do with my baseball team that I own. I'm curious what other owners think about this because there was – didn't he have to like – didn't he go through some shit about like getting approval from the rest of the owners to even buy the Mets? And so, like, I mean, yeah, they all there was they this all, fear. You have to go through that, but yeah, no, but there was this fear. I think that this would happen is that he's going to, like, we joked about the Steve Cohen tax. The Steve Cohen tax is two hundred ninety three million. He's spending three hundred eighty three million. Okay, so the Steve Cohen he doesn't he can't even see the Steve Cohen tax in the rearview mirror. So I think this was a fear that some of the o- other owners had because the last thing. Other owners, especially owners of like these lower payroll and middle payroll teams, want to have happen is for Steve Cohen to go out there, spend half a billion dollars in payroll when it's all said and done with tax and still make money at the end of the day. Because their claim to the Players Association is they cried poor. You remember like all the shit that we went through during the pandemic and, and MLB owners not opening up their books and everything? It's like, oh no, we're, we're barely scraping by. It's like, no, TV revenues are... 10 or 11 billion dollars higher than it's ever been stadium revenue now that that capacity is back and everything is 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 through the roof and especially like the mets some of the highest ticket prices in the league some of the highest concession prices in the league i mean they're gonna make up this in in um new jersey i mean the half the roster is a new jersey they're gonna make up half you know all these new jersey sales in two home stands so i i almost feel like he's he's throwing a wrench in everything but I, I, I kind of like it. Yeah, I think it's 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 going to the side of where the fans are. Spend the damn money. You guys are you guys have it. Spend it. And Cohen's like, "Yep, it's exactly you're right, fans. This is exactly what we should be doing." So I'm gonna I'm gonna lead the way and and show them how to do it. So yeah, totally. So agree. Ilya it's, just it's, put it's in not our a chat. Bad thing. Ilya just put in our chat. Four owners voted against Cohen's purchase of the Mets including the White Sox, Angels, Reds, and Diamondbacks. I'm a little surprised at the Angels because they've spent money historically. Reds and Diamondbacks, fine. Interesting that the White Sox voted no because the White Sox, who just signed Andrew Benintendi to five years and $75 million, $75 million, the most money they've ever committed to a free agent. $75 million, which isn't even half of the Mets Is that what Justin Verlander's getting for this year? I think that's Justin Verlander's private jet fund this year, okay, (laughs) is the most money that the White Sox have ever extended to a free agent. A Chicago-based team, not a freaking, you know, Kansas City Royals or some, you know, Tampa Bay Rays 
team that that isn't in a big market. Like Chicago baseball, some of the best baseball markets in the country is in Chicago. Well, that's probably that's probably also because they're like, uh, you know, we're kind of the Mets of Chicago. So if you go out there and start spending all of this money, people are going to look at us and be like, okay, you're next. You're the uh, you're you're not the Cubs. You're the White Sox. Whereas, but seventy five million Yankees, is nothing. Seventy five million is nothing. No, that's I know, but I think you know if them voting against it, it's basically essentially like, uh, I know what's coming. <laughs> he's going to spend a fuck ton of money, and it, it's gonna it's gonna put pressure on us to do the the same thing, or at least the fans are going to put pressure on it. If Steve Cohen's doing it with the Mets, why can't you know the second franchise in a major city do it also? Yeah, so the whole thing how that went down was was pretty crazy. One of the biggest stories uh, of the offseason, obviously, um, and San Francisco somehow worming their way out of that contract. I, I don't know. It kind of struck me as. When they signed Correa, it almost seemed like a reaction to not getting judged because didn't it happen very shortly after? So it's almost like they they woke up the next morning. It's like when you w- wake up from like having a bender and you look at your text messages and you're like, oh shit, what did I do? It's like the Giants woke up the next morning and they're like, oh crap, we signed Carlos Correa, that a-hole, to 13 years. How do we get out of this? You know, and I also when you look at the, what San Diego did with, uh, with Bogarts too uh, and just, you know, the... The, the status of or the current status of that division you're adding one guy I mean, what's that going to what's that is that really going to make you a competitive team in that division no it's not so obviously they they found something in the medicals that allowed them to say hold on a minute wait let me uh let's let's rethink this and clearly they weren't gonna they were they were going to try to get out of the contracts and that's when boris went back to the well and be like Hey, Uncle Stevie, where where are we? These guys are dicking around. Um, and because he signed for less money, less less years, less money than the original San Francisco still, deal. It was still a massive deal. Still a massive I mean, deal, but it was Steve less. Cohen seeing that as a discount. He's like, oh, you failed the physical. You failed the 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 physical. Okay, we'll take off a year and thirty five million dollars, but still. 12 years, $315 million. It kind of shows you also though where the market was for Correa. And it's like the, the Giants well outpaid what they what the market was saying. Because if Cohen's going to, to the contract that he did, the market's not dictating, you know, to be competitive with what the Giants had offered him. And and maybe the the physical well, especially after he comes out of the deal with, with the Giants, because now Steve Cohen knows. I mean, Cohen could have probably gotten him for less, frankly. Like I don't know, man. Tell- like the, but you, when you have a medical thing like that, first of all, every organization may look at the different at the medicals differently, right? Like one may have a, an opinion on something that it's probably not an issue at all, but could be in five, six years, something like that. And some teams are just o- okay with that. So I, I really think that it was, you know, maybe they identified that they they well overpaid what the market was for this guy, and, and it just wasn't, and and they're leaning on something that you know probably isn't very big of a concern. That's but who's guess. signing Correa at this point? If it's not, so the Giants are out, and if if the Mets are going to sign him, and they're looking around, it's like, well, Bogart's signed in San Diego, Turner signed in Philly, like who, and um, the Cubs got Swanson. So like, who, who, where the, who's in the shortstop market at that point? The Yankees, <laughs> the Yankees. But like, I'm just saying, maybe. You know, if Boris wanted to play that a little bit more, I don't know what the conversations were at any point. Sounds like they, they didn't really have many conversations about Correa. Judge's from, from first act as captain was to nix any Carlos Correa yeah. to the Yankees signing. Send him to the to Queens if that's the case. Like, do and, not and sign please, him. like nothing would would round out this story more for me than Carlos Correa just being an absolutely trash third baseman. Just oh. suck, just suck eggs at third base. Yeah, that would be amazing. That would be great. I. 
I really don't wish for a lot of good things for him on the, on the baseball field. I'm not going to go any further uh, than that, but on the baseball field, like, Hope he has a bad career after this at the plate. I really do. Hope he ha- hope he hope he hope his glove has multiple holes in it. Hope- hopefully his footwork is dog shit next year and he gets fat. I hope. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not hoping for injuries. Like I don't no, root for injuries. I just want him just to get like, fat and ba- just be bad. bad. Just bad. Yeah, just be just bad. Can't play third base. Just yeah. suck at third base. And All the defensive I want, I metrics. Hopefully, hopefully he just thinks about it too much and can't translate yeah. from shortstop to third base. Do you much. remember? I want him to be Miguel Andujar reincarnated at third base. <laughs> I like Miguel triple Andujar. clutching, triple, triple clutching, clutching on third. Yes, yeah. all right. Way too much t- time. He has way too much time to think because it's a reactionary position. It's not. He's a- got twelve years to think. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about Carlos Rodon. So this signing came down uh, shortly after you did the podcast with Chris last week um awesome interview if you guys haven't checked it out inside the judge negotiations and then you guys talked about Rodon and and you know kind of teased that that signing was going to be next and i think it happened like 24 hours or 36 hours after that chris was very confident that it was going to happen six years 162 million which is 27 million on the luxury tax every year uh for those six years i i don't you know, this is not like a gross overpayment. I think this is, um, you know, obviously where the market is dictating that players are signing for and pitchers are signing for. Um, I know Chris was mentioning that the Yankees didn't want to maybe go to that sixth year, so I'm sure they were trying to go for that fifth year. But they're, they were not in a position of leverage anymore. It's like when you sign Judge to $40 million a year in nine years, you kind of give up your leverage in other free agent negotiations, don't you? Where it's like, we, we've said this before. You have to double and triple down. You've got to do what Steve Cohen's doing and double down on your roster because bringing back Judge at $40 million a year is status quo. That was status quo to last year. So right. unless you add pieces, you're back to where you started. For sure. That, that is exactly right. And I think that um, they knew that. And it kind of goes down to the, uh, the same principles that we're talking about with Cohen. Like, you got to go. You you gotta you gotta do the if you're going this far in with with a guy that's the cornerstone of your franchise you need to take advantage of of you know we've we've, we've talked to this in exhaustion um, about the contracts the first four years the first four to five years of a contract like a big one like that for Judge you got to go all in you got to win a championship in that in that window I know we've talked about windows and, and they've been they've been moving as the personnel changes as things um, are adjusted but there is a clear window I think with judge and his physical uh, presence and his um, and his prime and and you're looking at you know probably three years of prime two to three years of prime and then very good after that is what you what you can hope for um, and with a degrading scale as he's getting older but those those first four to five years I'd say is 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 that window for them and they they got to go to it. And if you can go for it in the first two, then of course you do that. So there's no time to waste. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. I really find this Radon signing interesting because it's not a move that Cashman has done really since 2009 when he signed Burnett in addition to signing CeCe. Uh, They have not gone after to lock up that number two starter. And not that Radon is even like, you know, a traditional number two, like he would be a number one on, on most of the teams that would have signed him. It's just, you know, you have Garrett Cole. So Garrett Cole starting opening day, Radon's not starting opening day, but um, they, they have not gone after that high priced second starter. They've tried to fill that second starter with controlled talent through the form of either homegrown guys or, um, or trade acquisitions, Sonny Gray, James Paxton, Jameson Tyone, Frankie Montes. And I don't ever see them stopping trying to do that because that is still where you're going to get tremendous value. But I think Cashman realized, like, you know, that is, it's been hit or miss for for them. I mean, mostly miss for them. Like, not that the guys have been awful. Um, I mean, I would say the Tyon one worked out. I think he probably had the least amount of expectations coming over Tyon, and, and that one has worked out. Time will tell on Montes. Sonny Gray obviously was a disaster. Uh, a disaster and Paxton was like he was he was good for like uh, a brief window and then he was just injured so it's like so it's been mostly missed when he's tried to do this so now he's like I'm screw it I'm I'm just spending the money to lock up the top of the rotation yeah they had to do it and and you're right that's it like this is this there's no more I mean and when you look at uh Tyone Tyone was a, a reclamation project as well guy was uh you know came out had um you know, very good pedigree, uh, was a guy that everybody expected to be a top pitcher. And then, you know, went through adversity, obviously, uh, the guy got cancer. He had, he had injuries. Like there were a lot of things that he came back from, but he was one of those guys that, that, um, Cashman looks around. It's like, okay, where can I find this reclamation project on the cheap, get a good value and figure out, no, 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 no more, no more of that. Like go out there, get the guy that you know, that can contribute. And, you know, looking back at a couple other pitching pros- uh, contracts, 
um, that the Yankees were were in on um, for you know similar to Rondon status like could be a one but but probably a two if there's like a, a, a clear number one um, two of them come to mind Zach Wheeler was five for one eighteen. Uh, and what year was this, guys? And then the other one that that thank God we avoided was Patrick Corbin. And Corbin was uh, six for one forty. That was Corbin was twenty nineteen, and then he obviously was a key piece to the Nationals championship, and then he's just felt fallen off a cliff. Yeah, they went for it in the first few years, though. That's what they did. So like, they're not gonna. It's a bad contract now because he was he's been a terrible pitcher over the last two years. Uh, but you're looking at that coming out into into free agency. I, he was a, a similar comp, I'd say, in in what people were expecting. Um, and then when you look at that contract, this is like a this is this is an evolution of that contract. I almost looked at it as a, as a precedent um, for that type of pitcher, and the Yankees had to go up. But he went six years, and uh, Wheeler was five years. So you know, there's 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 some precedent to that level of pitcher. And I, I'd say Rondon is better than uh, than than Corbin for sure. But, you know, probably similar to Wheeler. And that's in the, in the, in that sense, different types of pitchers, but, um, comparable. Yeah. Rodon is like, it's, he's, he's fascinating because he's been so good the last two years he's had injury history. Um, and then if you, if you look at his, his, you know, pitch mix, he's basically been a two pitch pitcher, uh, 61% fastballs, 31% sliders. And they're both awesome pitches it's it's gotten him to be an all-star each of the last two years and a Cy Young contender each of the last two years um but like if you look at his history his injury history dating back to 2016 in 2016 he missed four weeks with a wrist sprain he fell on some dugout steps okay 2017 missed three months with biceps tendonitis and then a month with shoulder trouble he had surgery that offseason 2018 he missed the first three months rehabbing from that shoulder surgery 2019, he made seven starts and then needed Tommy John surgery. 2020, he missed seven weeks with a a sore shoulder, but he didn't actually miss time because of the pandemic. And then 2021, he missed three weeks with a sore shoulder uh, over the course of two different IL trips. And then 2022, he did not miss any time and it was his best year. But his numbers over 2021 and 2022 have, have, have been really, really good. Um, so the injury history is is concerning, but he, he's he has even talked to how his improved mechanics over the last two years um, have helped with that, and he thinks he's figured that out, and it's also led to an increase in velocity, um, and and the fact that he did not get injured last year with San Francisco, you know, I guess you got to take him on his word that okay, the improved mechanics are, are going to help that shoulder, but like the thing that stands out there is the shoulder. It's like it, it's. Over the course of six years, seven years, shoulder issues. Yeah, I mean that's a that is a concern. Obviously, <coughs> I have concerns with the Yankees' medical staff and the way that they uh, go about looking and, and making sure that the CSI on on pitcher shoulders is a good. But thing. you know what? We can trust the Giants' medical staff. I okay. Well, but um, uh, the Giants didn't. They, they him. just. They just. No, I know, but they just. They just figured out something with Correa that they didn't like. And they, they obviously no. Were they figured okay. out a way to get out of the contract is what they did. They, <laughs> okay. they didn't give a shit it's about a the injury. smart medical staff. Let's hire yeah. that guy. Yeah. Well, they also didn't resign Rondon. Every time I say his name, I want to put an N in there. By the way, yeah. I don't know if that's for everybody else too, but it's really hard no, yeah, for me, me to say Rondon. I because always of, say what's Rondon. his name? Who's the other Rondon? Who's the, the Rondon? No, but There's there was a, a wasn't there a Rondon pitcher? I don't know, but yeah. every time I want to say Rondon, but it's Rondon. I have to like catch myself. Every but San Francisco signed. 
um, signed Radon last Rodon. off season. <laughs> now you're, now you're Rodon. screwed. Radon? Is it Rodon? It's not Radon. It's Rodon. Rodon? Yeah. I have it as Rodon. Rodon. <laughs> I, keep, oh, I keep hearing Michael K say Oh, because Rodon. there's the there's the little, it's a spicy O. The second O yeah. is spicy. There's no N, and so many people say like this, there's no N in the middle. Yeah, I know that. Rodon. I know that there is not, but my mouth wants to say it every right. single time. Right. No, I know. I agree with you. Does he have um, a nickname? Does Baseball Reference have a nickname list yeah, for him? Kidding. Roto? Can we just call him Roto? Um, I like Roto. Roto's, Roto's good. Yeah, yeah, let's get you know the the road the road. Let's get it going. Cuff. Let's make sure the rotator Roto. cuff is in a good spot. Uh, the, no nickname for him on Baseball Reference. Okay, window, window, opportunity here. Something easier to come out of the mouth, please. The uh, so this guy is yeah. I, look, I don't know. They missed it on Montas. That's the other thing. You know, that's what have you done for me lately? You screwed that one up. Uh, there was a guy that was injured who literally just came off of a shoulder injury. Uh, traded for him, and then the shoulder injury was still a thing for the rest of the year. So, yeah, you so, got to build I mean, back the trust. You've hurt me. You've hurt me too many times. I need you to rebuild my trust, Yankees medical staff. Yeah, and I'm not even suggesting that the Yankees should not have made this deal. I'm sure they tried to use that injury history as a reason why they're not going to give him six years and only five years, and and that obviously didn't happen. Boris was like, <laughs> "No, you're giving him six years." Yeah. Um, but so, I mean, again, it was a signing they had to make, and I'm excited that they have them. I'm excited to see what uh, Blake and the pitching staff or the pitching coaches do with him. Because again, I, like I said, he's been a two pitch pitcher, slider, uh, fastball, and slider. And they've been two of the top 50 pitches uh, value wise in all of baseball in 2022. Um, and, and so it's like, that's how he's lived. Do they try and add another pitch to his mix? Um, I know Ilya, you put in here on some notes that, um, he abandoned, where was it? He abandoned his curveball at some point, right? Um, trying to find that. I think he abandoned his curveball and that's when he really sort of, uh, transformed his game. Yeah. He, he abandoned his, his curveball two years ago. And then if you look at his numbers, that's when, you know, his numbers started to improve a lot. Yeah. I know. I like it. I go ahead, Ilya. He was throwing a sinker too. He's still throwing yeah. the curveball a little, just a lot less. He was throwing uh, the sinker was the big pitch that he ditched, and that was two okay. years ago, right before his numbers started. So he ditched the sinker rigged. and he started to throw less curveballs, and he started to focus on fastball slider, which is not uncommon for today's baseball. It's just hard, just throw the ball hard and get swings and misses. Um, that that's, that's basically anyone who can throw hard. That's their game plan. Yeah, and I think that uh, you know simplifying the win uh, definitely helped him out as well, and and just you know repeatable mechanics I'm sure uh, have been good for him. But I you know fully expect that that when he comes in, they're gonna they're gonna tinker with him. They're like, oh, you, you stopped throwing that sinker, huh? How about we uh, how about we throw that sinker? How about how about we throw that sinker? Because you know that that's what they look at. They look at these things. They want to keep the 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 ball in the ballpark. He's done a good job at that. Um, so I think that for when you look at him and you see how he's improved in that average fly ball distance, 304 feet, what is that? That's uh, over the last two years, that's fifth lowest, fifth best in, in baseball. That's a great stat to, to know for, for Yankee Stadium. But um, it's also, I mean, so the White Sox Stadium is a hitter's park. Yep. Giant Stadium is a pitcher's park. And now he's coming back to, I wouldn't call Yankee Stadium like a hitter's park. I think it's, it's, um, it's got a reputation as being a hitter's park because of right field. But if you're a fly ball pitcher and you can keep the ball in the gaps in center field, you're going to be okay because it's still hard to hit home runs 
to center field and left center field at Yankee Stadium. Do we have his splits, righties, righties, lefties? Uh, that would be something I have it right here. See. Um, what do we got? So you want so against right-handed batters, he is. Oh, where did it go? I'm more um, so looking to to see. You know, does he? Obviously, you'd think that the lefty lefty is is a is a good matchup for him, especially with Yankee Stadium and, and the short right port. So I think that that actually translates. If he's effective against lefties, which I would assume he is, then it yeah, does make Yankee Stadium lefties. more of a pitcher's park for him in particular. Yeah, he's he's definitely um, much better against lefties. So he uh, gives a 50 OPS plus um, relative to league split against lefties and a 64 relative to league uh to league splits for righties and then if you do his tops plus which is to the um we talked about this on an episode it's to the pitchers uh mean he's uh 104 to righty so a little bit worse than his average and an 82 to lefties great so i mean the the, the stadium will will translate to him in the way that he pitches uh left-handed bats well uh so i think it's I think it's a good thing. I think the stadium will play well for what he does. If that, yeah, if, that and, uh, if that came across as making any sense. And between the the low fly ball distance and his high whiff rate, which on his fastball ranks second in baseball, only behind Cole at twenty seven point nine percent, and will be average is twenty one and a half percent. I don't think like the the Yankees should not be Blake should not be getting Rodon Rod, Rodon. Uh, Roto in here and just completely like, oh, we got to change. Like, no, you don't need to change anything. Like, I don't want to have to sit here and talk on May 15th and he's pitching through like a 4.74 ERA about why the hell is he throwing so many sinkers, right? Like, right. that's what we don't want. No, I think that they, the way that the Yankees and, and, uh, and, and Blake have approached this is if you can benefit from this other thing that we've been, you know, layering into guys' arsenals, then, then you can, then you could do it. But they, I don't think they force it because for the most part, when they do apply it and, it and it is being used, it's working, right? So there's, there's a, there's a testing period. There's a like, let's, let's dabble with some things. And I think you can do that certainly early in a season, but I think it's a good thing because if, if he can unlock another pitch from him and he, and he has a, a, you know, a high belief that it will be effective, then that just makes him a much more, you know, dangerous pitcher and, and a guy that can get deeper into um, games by, by facing, you know, lineups, a, a third and potentially fourth time in a perfect world. So it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing, it's, especially if you're just, if you're tinkering with it and layering in a little bit um, and sticking with what has been working over the past couple of years. Yeah, And there's been a lot of articles written the last uh, few days about how this Yankees rotation has the potential to be not only uh, the best in Yankees history in a long time, but also one of the best in baseball next year. If we're going by Fangraph's projections, um, this is where the Yankee starters are projected to rank in Major League Baseball war next year. Cole, three. Radon, four. Sevi, 46. Montes, 47. And Cortez, 51. Maybe they're throwing some shade on, on Nestor It's just Cortez everybody's just disrespectful Nestor. It's just Nestor. That's just his entire life. He's going to have to... Un- he knows well, that. Well, because he's battling, he's battling adversity in everybody's mind. Especially people outside the Bronx. Nestor Cortez has four point. He had four point two WAR in twenty twenty two, and that would rank him, you know, somewhere in the top ten this year. Ranked so it's like uh, Cole is projected number three at four point five, 
uh, Cortez next year is projected only 2.2. So they're they're obviously projecting the stats that they're projecting that are 167 innings pitched to a 3.92 ERA and a 3.96 FIP. Everybody, they all expect him to go back to the mean. They 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 just expect that to happen. They're like, this can't be. Like at some point, the pumpkin or the carriage is going to turn into a pumpkin. I, I, I feel like with projections for him in particular, nobody has the balls to go out there. Oh, this is actually real, and he's going to do this for five more years. No one, no one has the balls to do that. Yeah, it's it's difficult because I know Fangraphs doesn't just. I mean, they use part of it is what you just said, but also is like they use the underlying metrics to try and forecast what a guy's going to do. So it's like he's not giving up hard contact and he's he's still getting swings and misses and stuff like that. So it's like you should be projecting him to, if you're not going to say he's going to continue to be a top 10 pitcher in baseball, okay, but he's going to drop to number 51. Seems like a, a pretty far drop off for Cortez. And I wouldn't even say that's necessarily would be a disappointment because it's like, okay, if he turns back into a pumpkin, and that's not even a pumpkin, right? Being the 50th best starting pitcher in Major League no. Baseball is not a pumpkin. It's not a pumpkin. The, the, you know, as far as it going away completely, no. But I'm saying this moment, they're, they're not expecting it to be as as he has been. Because, oh, by the way, it's been a year and a half. Hasn't been just a year. He, he backed up what he did in the second half of 2021. Uh, so like he's he's had some there's, – there is sustained success at this level. Right. But the rotation has a chance to to do something it hasn't done in a while, which is have two starting pitchers with four or more war in a single season. Again, the last time that happened was CC and AJ Burnett in 2009. Going back to that parallel between this has not been a signing that Cashman has done in a really long time. Yeah, good for him. And the Yankees just DFA Junior Fernandez to open up a spot for uh, Mister for Roto Carlos. Carlos Rodon. So uh, I'm excited about the signing. Obviously excited about the judge captaincy. Um, anything else you want to you want to touch on? No, I can't. You know, I think that there's there's another move to be rumored. You know, Hal says he's not done yet. That's another thing to come out of this. They can't be uh, done yet. Can't be done yet. But what's the next move? It's got to be a trade, right? If they bring, if if this is the final team, this is right. I mean, are well, you they need satisfied? a left fielder. They need a left fielder. So, are they yeah. going the trade market for for the left fielder? Or are they going dumpster diving with some of the guys that we've talked about? Conforto, um, you know, I think the, the the Arizona guys would be via trade or or my my guy David Peralta. You know, that's what you're looking at right now. Conforto like doesn't do it for me, honestly. No, I don't like his. I don't like the way he, his numbers are. He, he would be another reclamation project. You know, the, his last full year was not impressive at all. Um, you know, I don't. I don't really buy the whole like, oh yeah, he's gonna sign and then just be awesome and and let, be like really motivated uh, because he's gonna be other side. like no more of that. Just give me give me something that's a known com- uh, commodity. And if you have to go out and make a trade, then then do it. We have multiple high level shortstop prospects right now. Go go deal one of them and get us a left fielder that's good. Yeah, and Brent, uh, so left field is obviously uh, should be a priority. Brandon Cuddy put out earlier this week that in speaking with um, in speaking with uh, Yankees uh, vice president of player development at the winter meetings that he believes that the Yankees are going to go into next year with IKF and Peraza as their plan at shortstop. Yeah. So that that's what they're doing at shortstop. And then, yeah, no surgery for DJ. That's until, by news. the way, until Volpe blows everybody away in spring training and just takes that job. Cause that will be an opportunity. 
There's nothing more for him to prove. I don't understand why that's not being a consideration as a talking point. Maybe they don't want the 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 you know overlying pressure for for what he's doing. But at the end of the day, like we all know what the pressure is. The pressure is on on him to be the shortstop for the future. Everybody knows that. So you know whether you whether you talk about it going into spring training or you don't, everybody still knows that he's the guy that everybody's gonna be looking at. Yeah, I think there's a difference between basically announcing, hey, you're in a battle versus just letting that battle play out. Sure. And the good thing, you know, DJ not having surgery, if that's what they're they're saying, that he's healing up the way that they want, that's great. Because again, like that's the ideal situation without not having surgery, full, uh, you know, rehabbing it to full mobility. Um, and and again, hopefully they, they believe that it's something that's not going to reoccur. Because if this does, if something does come back, this is the fear that if something does come back, if, if he gets a setback, Surgery is going to happen, and then then he's going to be on the shelf for a while. So, like, let me ask you this for the shortstop thing, because you said like, why not mention Volpe in that conversation? Yeah. If if Volpe, IKF, and Peraza basically all have the same level of spring training, yeah, it's all solid. You know, not mm-hmm. nothing spectacular, but not disastrous. It's it's good. Who's who's the shortstop? It should be Volpe. So you don't think that Volpe would need to do something better than Peraza or IKF? Why? He's, he's the if he's the same and 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 you're looking at him as the but he the wasn't most talented. He wasn't. He's not being mentioned as an. I don't give a shit about this. They're, 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 again, I think they're downplaying it, but and they're and they're just they're talking about who's currently there um, and who's come up. I don't know. I don't even know why IKF like. IKF is going to be a guy mentioned because he's on the roster, but he's he's a he's a better utility guy um, than he is a starting shortstop. I think all of us agree with that. Someone something you know he he has value at that point. Um, if he's the starting shortstop on opening day, there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of people that are unhappy about that. I don't I don't think you can have so IKF as the starting if you shortstop. have them all the same. Why would you not put your top? rated shortstop prospect as that guy and give him the full opportunity to come in surrounded by a you know a, a very good lineup getting you'd think a lot of a lot of strikes you're probably, you're probably gonna get a lot of balls over the plate and have an opportunity uh to hit in fact i'd say it, it would be better for his development to be in the major leagues than triple a at that point yeah i'm not saying you're wrong i don't know they get it because the only reason would be because peraza's a safer pick yeah. Well, maybe they're also saying that so that they can trade Peraza. Maybe. Yeah, that's true. Trade Peraza for a left fielder and then or Volpe. trade Volpe. Maybe maybe they're maybe they're trading Volpe. Who knows? One of those guys should be traded. If there's if there's a deal out there that can get you something to improve the team right now and this then you do it. Yeah, you, you have it. to. You can't you can't play you, you're not in a long game anymore. I know you just signed some long contracts, but you're not in a long game anymore. You're in a win win yesterday mode. But at the shortstop position, they are in a long game. So you just got to pick the right guy. Yeah. Because they right, are in a but, long game with the with the position of shortstop. But you don't need two of them. Right. That's you gotta pick the right guy. You gotta be right. You can't be wrong on this one. You gotta be right on this one. It's a big deal. That's like we're looking at opportunities and like where the Yankees have as far as decisions and like that's a massive, massive, massive. I think it's actually a little underplayed at this point, but they have to be right with their scouting and their metrics and all of these things that they're spending money on to make to evaluate players. They better be goddamn right with whichever one of these guys is the guy that they believe in. Um, and if especially if they trade one of them away, they need to be right. 
Well, that's what, maybe that by not trading, but maybe by not trading one of them, that they're just allowing the decision to happen. It's no longer their decision. It's like they're both battling, and whichever yeah. one wins, wins. Fine. It's no and longer- I'm okay with that, too, because then you still have time to trade the other one. And he still has value. I mean, maybe it's not as much because you have a guy there, but still... You know, I think for, because of the shortstop position, you're you're not going to lose a ton of leverage because it's a it's a it's a, a, a position of strength. It's a position of um, importance for everybody, and everybody needs a young shortstop. So if you have the ability to get one, like I don't think their leverage is is that cut off from from making a, a still a significant move if they believe um, if both of those guys are you know highly touted. So I don't think it hurts them as much. I think it's better for the organization for them to figure it out and be right with it and then trade the other guy, even if it's a little bit of a diminished value. They have to be yeah. right with who they who they run out there. Yeah. And it's like, what do you, in left field, do you try and move some, do you try and move Hicks away to alleviate some salary so you can then bring on some salary because they're bumped up right I now. I don't give a fuck about salary tax. anymore. We can't. When we look across now what, what Cohen's doing and you're looking to see what's happening, you just need to get the guy in left field. Whether... It's not really free agency at this point. You're looking at a trade. Yeah. Yeah, no, but I mean, if, I don't know, they could they could still get, they could still, in theory, acquire a left fielder, move Hicks, mm-hmm. par, a part half of Hicks's $10 million salary, and stay under that top threshold. That sure, might be fine. something Hal Steinbrenner wants to do. It just shouldn't be position number one. It shouldn't be the level of importance of making sure that the player is, is what the Yankees need. That... Number one priority, make sure you get the player that fits the system. Make sure you get the player that, that helps them improve um, and gives them the best opportunity to win. If you cut salary by doing that, awesome. If you don't, who gives a shit? All right, that's going to wrap up today's show. As I said, uh, check out that that throwback history episode from a couple years ago. Uh, I was starting to listen to it to refresh my memory on why there was confusion about how many yankee captains there's been it's interesting stuff so so check it out it's about a 20 minute listen uh pretty quick fun fun news today we'll talk to you guys new new captain new captain baby uh merry christmas to everyone i know that's that's happy hanukkah merry christmas yes all that good stuff we'll talk to you guys hey guys thanks for listening to the bronx pinstripe show Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. 
mypatriotsupply.com.